0: Hello, my name is Philippe Girard, I'm a professor in the history department at McNeese State University.
1: I'm Amber Hale, from the biology department at McNeese. Welcome to Your Grandma Rocks, where we explore the lives of famous women in history.
0: Welcome and bienvenue à nos amis francophones. Vous écoutez la radio de l'Université McNeese.
1: On the program today, music and history as we retrace the life of a remarkable woman. She was a lover, she was a poet, she was reviled and adored. She was a lesbian, maybe.
0: Her name was Sappho of Lesbos. But first, a song.
1: We'll start with a song from the Greek movie Never on Sunday, which won an Oscar for best original song back in 1960. Melina Mercouri sang it in the movie. We'll listen to a more recent version by Nana Mouskouri.
0: So Mouskouri instead of Mercury.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: Φιλιά, που φτάνουν στο λιμάνι ένα και δύο και τρία και τέσσερα πουλα Πως θα θέλα να είχα ένα και δύο και τρία και τέσσερα παιδιά Που σαν θα μεγαρόσουν όλα να γίνουν λεβέντες για καριτού
3: του πυραιά.
2: Την πόρτα μου σαν φώ, δεν υπάρχει κανεί που να μην τον αγαπώ Και σαν το βράδυ κοιμηθώ, ξέρω πώ, ξέρω πώς, πώς θα τον ονειρευτώ Πέτρα διαβάζω στο λαιμό, και μια χα, και μια χα, και μια χάντρα φυλακτώ Γιατί τα βράδια καρτερώ, στο λιμάνι σαν φώ, κάποιον
0: Bonjour and welcome back to of Rocks on KVYS. Je m'appelle Philippe Girard.
1: And I'm Amber Hale. This was the classic Greek song, The Children of Pyrrhus.
0: Today, we're exploring the life of the Greek poet Sappho, who lived a very long time ago, around 600 BC.
1: That must be a record on this show. So far, we've only gone back as far as Cleopatra in the first century BC.
0: Which creates a problem for us because archival sources are very incomplete.
1: Indeed. Very little is known about her life, aside from what can be gleaned from her poems.
0: Which are obviously problematic as a historical sources. These were meant as literature, not autobiography.
1: Exactly. To make it worse, most of her poems have been lost. So historians also rely on accounts of her life found in a Byzantine encyclopedia from the 10th century.
0: Which is also problematic since that encyclopedia was written 16 centuries after Sappho's death.
1: Correct. Sappho was also a controversial figure in her time. She was viewed as either a literary giant or a promiscuous floozy. In fact, that Byzantine encyclopedia had two separate entries on Sappho to account for those starkly different interpretations.
0: Count kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
1: In people's minds, at least. Again, we don't know who she was really.
0: As a result, our program will be more about the ways that Sappho has been perceived over time rather than a real Sappho who has disappeared into the fog of history. Think of her as a Rorschach test.
1: Here is what little we know for sure. She came from the Greek island of Lesbos, just off the coast of Turkey today. In her time, the island was plagued by constant political infighting. It was the island of overmastering passions, according to the Victorian critic John Addington Simons, who thought that Sappho must have found inspiration for her poetry in that passionate political climate.
0: Sappho belonged to one of those elite families vying for political control of the island, and there's evidence that she was exiled at some point to southern which is also what happened to the other leading poet from Lesbos, a man named Elsieus.
1: In one poem, Sappho complained about her knees hurting and her hair graying, so she must have been fairly old when she died.
0: Also, a poem mentioned two brothers.
1: And that's pretty much all we know.
0: What did she look like?
1: We don't know. According to one author, she was beautiful. According to another, she was very ugly, being short and swarthy.
0: Who were her parents?
1: We don't know. Sources mention 10 different possible names for her father.
0: Did she have children?
1: We don't know. She mentions a girl named Kleiss in a poem, but may have been a daughter, a lover, or even a slave.
0: How did she die?
1: We don't know that either. According to a famous story, she killed herself by jumping off a cliff when a lover turned her down. But there is no archival evidence for that story.
0: Well, that was a productive show. We are covering one of the most important female writers of all time, and so far we know almost nothing about her.
1: That's what makes her so fascinating. In 1979, when Monique Weiting and Sandy Zeig published a dictionary about famous lesbian figures, they dedicated a whole page to Sappho because she was so important. And then they left that page blank.
0: Wow. At least we have her poetry.
1: We'll get into it next. Can we take another musical break?
0: We sure can. Next on our list is a song that should be very familiar to our listeners. I'll let you guess. <laughs>
1: Welcome back. I'm Amber Hale, co-host of Your Grandma Rocks, your favorite women's history show on KBYS.
0: Et je suis Philippe Girard. Vous écoutez la radio de l'Université McNeese. Today, we're covering the life of the Greek poet Sappho.
1: Now, you owe us an explanation, Philippe. Normally on the show, we feature songs from the country of our main character. Why did you make us listen to the soundtrack of Pulp Fiction?
0: There's a method to the madness. That classic hit by Dick Dale is based on Misirlou, a Greek song dating from the 1920s.
1: I see. I thought the Black Eyed Peas had stolen that song from Dick Dale, but I guess he had stolen it from the Greeks in the first place.
0: It always goes back to the Greeks. But let's go back to Sappho herself. Before our break, we noted that we have basically no contemporary account about her life.
1: What we do have, however, are accounts about her poetry. And boy, did they love it.
0: Which is all the more surprising when you remember how sexist ancient Greek society could be.
1: For Aristotle, Sappho, quote, was honored, although she was a woman, end quote.
0: The Athenian legislator Solon was also a fan. After hearing a poem by Sappho, he asked the performer to teach him the poem at once. Why the rush? asked the performer. Because, said Solon, once I learn it, I can die.
1: Even Plato, who hated poetry, described her
0: as the 10th muse. In ancient times, Homer was known as the poet, capital P, because of the Iliad, and Sappho was known as the poetess, also capital P.
1: Sappho also appeared as the main character in at least six Greek comedies, and she was often depicted on paintings, vases, and sculptures. In other words, she was a superstar.
0: She was mostly famous for a type of poem named in her honor, the Sapphic Stensa.
1: It consists of five lines, three verses of 11 syllables, then a third verse of 11 syllables that overflows into a fifth line of five syllables. All of this was written in an archaic form of Greek known as aeolik.
0: All right, we need to listen to some of her poetry now.
1: Let's start with one of the best examples of sapphic stanza known as fragment 31. Are you ready?
0: I sure am. What is it about?
1: Jealousy. Sappho is distraught because a man is enjoying the company of another woman. He seems to me an equal of the gods. Whoever gets to sit across from you and listen to the sound of your sweet speech so close to him. To your beguiling laughter, oh, it makes my panicked heart go fluttering in my chest. For the moment I catch sight of you, there's no speech left in me. But tongue gags, all at once a faint fever courses down beneath the skin, eyes no longer capable of sight, a thrumming in the ears, and sweat drips down my body, and the shakes lay siege to me all over, and I'm greener than grass. I'm just a little short of dying, I seem to me.
0: I'm a bit confused. Is she jealous of the man or the woman? I mean, which one of the two is she interested in?
1: That's one of the many mysteries of Sappho's life. We'll get back to that later on.
0: Let's take a short musical break first. Sappho's poetry was meant to be sung to the tune of a lyre.
1: Which is why it's called lyric poetry. Apparently, she even invented a new type of lyre.
0: So I would have loved to play you some of the music that accompanied her poetry. Unfortunately, they didn't have MP3 players back in the 6th century BC, and that music has been lost. Instead, we'll listen to famous Greek dance, the Sirtaki by Mikis Theodorakis.
1: Is this the dance featured in the movie Zorba the Greek?
0: Exactly, this is Zorba's dance. Bonjour à tous and welcome back to Your Grammar Rocks on KBYS. This was Zorba's Dance by Mikis Theodorakis. I am Philippe Girard.
1: And I'm Amber Hale. Today we're covering the life of the Greek poet Sappho, the literary superstar of the ancient world.
0: She was prolific. The catalogue of the Ancient Library of Alexandria listed 9 scrolls of her poetry, representing 10,000 verses in all.
1: In fact, she wrote so much poetry, and so much of it was read in her time, that an author predicted that Sappho's lovely songs will endure as long as ships sail from the Nile.
0: Unfortunately, he was wrong. 90% of that poetry has been lost. For many of her poems, we only have one stanza remaining, or even one verse, or in some cases, just one single word.
1: Here is one such fragment. Once again, love, that loosener of limbs, bittersweet and inescapable, growling thing seizes me.
0: That's a key moment in Western literature, the first time that love was described as bittersweet.
1: If she was so famous, why was so much of her work lost?
0: Well, preserving ancient literature took a lot of work. Each manuscript had to be copied by hand on papyrus or leather, and then copied again when the material got too old. So century after century, there had to be scribes who were interested enough in her poetry to make a copy of her verses.
1: As it happens, in the Middle Ages, monks were more interested in making copies of religious texts like the Bible than love poems by a Greek woman with a sulfurous reputation. Supposedly, one theologian described her as that, quote, sex-crazed whore who sings of her own wantonness, end
0: quote. (laughs) (laughs) In a way, it's a miracle that some of her poetry has survived at all. Many verses are only known to us because later Greek or Roman authors quoted them in their own works.
1: Only one poem has survived in its entirety.
0: Why did that particular one survive?
1: Well, it's kind of bizarre. One author in first century BC really admired the way Sappho used vowels in the poem. Vowels? Yes, vowels. So he copied the whole poem to illustrate his work, and that's how it has survived.
0: Can we enjoy a couple more fragments?
1: Quote, You came, I yearned for you and you cooled my senses that burned with desire.
0: Beautiful. Another one?
1: Love shook my senses, like wind crashing on mountain oaks.
0: Beautiful again. It's so sad that so much of her poetry has been lost. Though I must say that only hearing fragments has a certain appeal of its own, as if we were reading messages in a bottle, or maikus, or intermittent radio transmissions from a distant planet.
1: Yes, in a way she is the 1st postmodernist poet.
0: Another song? Sure. We've listened to Greek songs that were old and mellow so far, so I figured we should shake things up with something much more recent and lively. Here's the song Rise Up, which was Greasy's submission to the 2014 Eurovision Song Contest. Feel free to stand up and dance alone in front of your radio. Nobody's watching.
4: i heart is have to smile that man.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Your Grandma Rocks on KBYS. I'm Amber Hale.
0: Et je suis Philippe Girard. You just listened to the song Rise Up by the Greek band Freaky Fortune.
1: Today we are retracing the life of Sappho, one of the most famous poets of ancient times. Unfortunately, the bulk of her poetry was lost during the Middle Ages and she was largely forgotten.
0: She was then rediscovered in the 19th century during the Romantic and the Victorian eras in England.
1: That renewed interest was linked in part to archaeological discoveries. Ancient papyruses were found in Egypt, giving access to many new poems by Sappho that had been lost until then.
0: But Sappho's poetry also spoke to the Romantics. She was inventor of the first-person a writer who put her innermost thoughts on paper. Very different from the epic poetry of Homer. To a reader, she was the first Romantic.
1: But was she? I mean, that poetry was meant to be sung in public. So even a poem with the pronoun I could have been sung by a chorus of 12 people singing in front of a large audience. It's not like she was a teenager brooding in her bedroom.
0: You're correct. 19th century poetry enthusiasts may have reinterpreted her to fit their own literary tastes in a way that was inaccurate.
1: Victorian-era readers did the same thing. They were very bothered by rumors about her promiscuity, and so they insisted that she may have been the headmistress of some ancient girl's boarding school or a priestess this way, poems about her love for other women were all innocent.
0: She was safely remade into a heterosexual woman, and one who wrote about romantic and platonic love, not the more physical type.
1: Earlier you said that her poetry was a kind of Rorschach test, and it's very true. People reinterpret her life's work to match what they want to see in her.
0: To the ancients, she was a muse of poetry.
1: To medieval monks, she was a lost woman.
0: To people in the 19th century, she was a hopeless romantic.
1: Throughout, the only person missing was Sappho herself.
0: And we're still reinventing her. Nowadays, she's seen mostly as a lesbian icon.
1: We'll get into that in our last segment. First, let's play another
0: song. And a great song, too. This is an anthem of female empowerment, You Don't Own Me, by Leslie Gore.
1: Yet another artist whose reputation has changed over time. She first became famous for bubblegum songs like It's My Party. Then, after she came out of the closet, she became a leading figure of the lesbian movement
0: as well as feminists in general. Her song was featured in the TV adaptation of Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale.
1: Here is You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore.
5: You don't own me I'm not just one of your many toys You don't own me You don't own me, don't try to change me in any way, you don't own me, don't tie me down cause I'd never stay.
0: Bienvenue à tous, vous écoutez la radio de McNeese. Je m'appelle Philippe Girard.
1: And I'm Amber Hale. This is Your Grandma Rocks, a show about remarkable women from centuries past. Today, we retrace the life of the Greek poet Sappho, all the way from ancient times to the 19th century.
0: Along the way, we noted how she was reinterpreted by each new generation of readers.
1: That process is still ongoing, in part because fragments of her poetry are still being rediscovered.
0: Earlier, we mentioned a poem about old age, my Sappho. That one only surfaced in 2004.
1: My spirit has grown heavy, knees buckle, that once could dance light as fawns. I often groan, but what can I do? Impossible for humans not to age.
0: We also mention her brothers. They are the subject of a poem that showed up at auction at Christie's in 2012.
1: But what is it that really attracts modern-day readers to Sappho's poetry? Is it that she is seen as a pro-feminist and a lesbian heroine?
0: Some of it is based on fact. Some of her poems do express love for female friends, and ancient authors spoke of her, quote, disgraceful friendships with other women."
1: But that interpretation is also at odds with other sources. Many ancient sources accused her of being oversexed, but with men.
0: When ancient Greeks spoke of quote-unquote lesbian sexual practices, they meant the fellatio, not female homosexuality, because women from lesbos were famous for pleasuring men in that way.
1: Couldn't she have been both? I mean, there is such a thing as bisexual.
0: That's another argument made by modern scholars, that we're projecting our present day conception of homosexuality on ancient people who did not have the same concept as us. The boundaries between straight and gay were more porous for both women and men at the time.
1: Still, the image of Sappho as a lesbian icon is where we are currently at least until new poems come up and a new generation reinvents her poetry in yet another way.
0: Even today, not everybody is happy that she's such an icon for lesbians, starting with the people from the island of Lesbos, many of whom are unhappy that the term lesbian now means homosexual instead of a person from Lesbos. So in 2008, a group of lesbians...
1: By which you mean people from Lesbos, right?
0: Yes. Uh, well, these lesbians sued in court to prevent gay groups in Greece from referring to female homosexuals as lesbians because it was detrimental to the tourism industry for the islanders. Did they win? No, you can still use the word in any way you see fit.
1: Wow, what a life. We're glad we could share it with you.
0: Vie incroyable, en effet.
1: This program was funded by a Juliet Hardner grant for women in the humanities. For more information on how to help finance fellowships at McNeese, contact the Foundation at 337-475-5588.
0: This program was also sponsored by the History Department at McNeese. To apply for a degree in history or other fields, contact the McNeese Emissions Office at 475-5504.
1: Thanks for listening, and goodbye.
0: Merci et au revoir. We will leave you with a singer from Cyprus, John Karianis.
4: Tonight the rain is falling I'm feeling cold And I'm out of my mind Without you My head is spinning like a top Back to the time we had a lot going on Now my world lies shattered How quickly life can change I always did everything for you I gave you my heart, you gave me yours too You'd make me feel I was really someone But there's one thing I should have done One day you think you have it all The next you're staring at the wall a dream. The road that once was paved with gold has done a rusty shade of all the saddest colors in the world. No, my life's in tatters. should have